thirsty for release Won't come compliment me Then become my enemy Copper flight to Paris, low key It's you, baby girl, I'm trying to breathe Please, baby, try and understand me I'm not a monster, I'm just a man with knees I take flights when I learn it's time to go Tryna take time back, crossing timing zones Come press your lips upon me LSD got me feeling empathy One fit out to mind, can't make leave Cause we suffer endlessly Could be kamikaze, only time will tell Even though I'm godly, might end up in hell Yes, we are in the building. It's your boy, Jimmy Doe. This is the Dream Big Show on the one and only B96, the block. We on the block with it. You know how we do. It's Wednesday, baby. It's Dream Big Wednesday. So you know when I show up, we talk about the dream and making sure that it's big. Now, someone asked me, right, earlier. Um, well, let's not say someone. Um, my, my son's mother asked me earlier. You know, won't you talk about why dreaming big? And so, you know, first it was like, well, what kind of question is that? Like, what do you mean, why dream big? Like, why would you dream small? I don't think anybody has small dreams. Even if it's, 
you know, it may not be as grand, right? Everybody don't want the multi-million dollar house and a multi-million dollar lifestyle. Uh, but you could dream big in your nine to five. You could dream big climbing the ladder, being executive. You don't have to just stay in retail. You can move to corporate. So dream big is taking your life from one perspective and maximizing it. What does your life look like to the max? And so I want to answer that question on here. Why dream big is because why not see yourself to your full potential? Wouldn't you want to see what that looks like? Um, and I, a lot of times we run away from that. I think we are afraid of success in our own little way. Like, take the chance. Double down on yourself. Bet on yourself. You get up every day, go punch a clock for 10 hours, 8 to 10 hours a day, and you're building somebody else's dream that they double down on. Double down on yourself. What does it look like when you bet on yourself? And so I got some special guests that's going to be on tonight. Uh, I got the young guy, talented, Mr. Talented Vigilante in the building. Um, We're going to call him the soldier boy of everything that's popping out here in the world right now. Uh, and then I'm going to be bringing on visual artist Arms of Caso. It's going to be in the building as well. So we're going to talk to these guys and, you know, see if they double down on their dreams and what they're doing with their life. And is it their dream life? Is it the life that they um, want it to be? Are they headed in the direction of their dream life? And what does it take to live your dream life? Y'all know what it is. So we're going to have them come in the building, share their story, their process, the progress that they made along the way, um, and what are they doing to make sure that they stay focused and hold themselves accountable on that track. And so that's what we're here to do today, man. Y'all know what it is. I'm your boy, Jimmy Doe. You know, I'm your boy. I'm your friend. I'm your partner. I'm your homie. I'm your therapist if you need it. But more than that, I'm just a vessel. I'm just here to spread the message. That's all I'm here to do. I'm just here to spread the message. So we're going to tap into another song, pay some bills, come right back. Y'all make sure y'all stay tuned. It's the Dream Big Show. Y'all know what it is on the beat, 96, the block. Make you know they bother with me, your father. What you wanna buy with me? Stutter, stutter like a motherfucker. I do not like it when you call me. Rain be the flex, with them girls up east, you the flex. You can't the vex, on top saying no one's stress, yeah. So why you gonna understand? You can never be the You can never be the man I stand You can never be the one 
me love you too Money follow you Banana funny follow you Cause I'm in love with you Y'all know what it is. We are back in the building. It's your boy Jimmy Doe. This is the Dream Big Show on the one and only B96. The block. I know y'all be thinking it's a drop. It ain't a drop. It's just me. I just sound like this. You know what I'm saying? I got drops for days. I got the natural drop voice. That's for being a recording artist for half my life. So I can just come in the booth and hit you with ad-libs like, uh, here you go. But in the building we got right now today, the Mr. Talented Vigilante is in the building. Yes, yes. What's up, my good brother? All right, yeah, I'm chilling, man. How you feeling? Everything's good. Everything's good. Uh, so what i like to start off with, uh, with most people, really everybody, we can move some stuff out the way. Oh, you do your thing. Get this footage of you, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like to first tap into tell me or tell the people uh, as well who you are, what do you do, and how long you've been doing it for. Whew, uh, shoot, I've been me. Tell us your story, man. I got you. So you want me to start from the origin? Yeah, yeah. Tell okay. us your story. Who Who's Vigilante? Vigilante's in the building. The yeah. people want to know who yeah. is Vigilante. So born in Flint, Michigan. Moved to Ben Harbor when I was around two or three. So raised in Ben Harbor. Back and forth from Ohio and Ben Harbor. So pretty much raised in Ben Harbor. Um, then I moved to Atlanta when I was 15, so 2010. Okay. That's when I started doing entertainment. Okay. Started with the music, expanded into acting, expanded into uh, modeling with different brands and stuff. Okay. Then I started doing lead roles on TV. Then I started turning into brand partnerships. Okay. Then that turned into... Um, I guess you could say, like, when all of those injustices were happening back-to-back -back with the murders, yeah. I went to go have a meeting with the Cobb County police chief, and then that turned into me being a public figure. And then when I started doing Forex, I started gaining more wealth from Forex, then that became philanthropy because of the way I was bringing people into Forex. And um, with the social media, when it caught up to what I was doing, that pretty much... I don't like brand ambassador because that's too that's too tangible of a name. Yeah. And I don't like people having stuff. I don't like people being net titled stuff that I worked for that they just can pick up just by saying that they do it. Gotcha. So I became, uh, I guess I would say, um, I don't even want to say influencer. I would say I became a uh, a mogul. Okay. I became a mogul okay. of, of all facets. And okay. And that kind of just, it all molded into one gumbo pot. So okay. I kind of have like a, Childish Gambino, Nick Cannon kind of career. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. Now, let's let's start with um, one. What was your vision? What was the dream? What was the the plan and process behind being um, an artist first? So you so you went into music first. Yeah. Um, and so was that like a childhood love of yours? Uh, where did that come from? And why why music first? No, I always loved it. It was kind of it was a hobby at first because um when we when I first moved down here, my stepdad bought a studio. My, my my mom bought my stepdad's studio. That was right when Guitar Center first started selling home studios, and people would just set them up in their closet or whatever. 
That's that was that era. Okay. So okay. I know that era. Yeah. I know that era. <laughs> my mom, my mom, when he copped that from my stepdad, he was so happy. He was uh, running a company called Lights Out Records. I wasn't in it yet. My cousin, Fat Kid, he was uh, the leader. So when we started the group, he was like juvenile, mm-hmm. and I was like Lil Wayne. Okay. For those who are old enough to remember the Hot Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was like our origin. Okay. And so as things just maneuvered, I became the face, and then they kind of just branched off, and everybody started doing their own thing. We never officially broke up as a group. People just kind of branched off and just kept doing their thing. Because it was all signed as solo artists, but a group at the same time. Kind of like Slaughterhouse. And okay. then, you Definitely know. Definitely like Slaughterhouse. I get you. I get you. I get you. And, okay. you know, I just kind of just took off. Like, I was the one who understood. I was I was always the one that was like five steps ahead. I kind of I understood what YouTube was about to become. Because when we first started, YouTube wasn't monetized. Instagram wasn't around. Instagram didn't become popular until 2012, 2013. Yep. I started doing music in 2010. So that means I was utilizing Facebook and Twitter. Okay. Instagram verification. Did you have your MySpace page? Everybody had a MySpace page. I had it, but it wasn't for entertainment. Okay. That was okay. just for the women. <laughs> That's how that was for. That was for the women. Okay. That was yeah. for the inter- your own entertainment. Yeah, it was for my own entertainment. I and at you. that time, I didn't have no game. Uh, I was still a beta at that time, still trying to figure out, you know, how to get how to get out of how to get out of that. Okay. First, figuring out that I was that first, and then getting out of that. Okay. So yeah, it was you know, it was one of them transitions, and um, I went from that to. Um, to becoming just got verified on Instagram, and then it just became like, yeah, that's that's the guy. We're, we're going to back everything behind that, and then I just kind of just took off, just kind of like how Wayne did. Okay, when, when it came to the Hot Boys, same okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. Now tell me, tell me, um, what was what was that record? Uh, that you know we may be familiar with. Maybe we can we can drop it tonight on air. Mm-hmm. What was that record? Um, that that took off for you? That that changed everything in the motion of what you had going on. It was crazy. It's like I I haven't I haven't had a platinum or a gold record yet. I think that I'm one of the most and I can say it's about myself, unaccomplished people in music with the most respect. Because I'm I have I'm the best lyricist and I have the best message and I have some of the dopest collaborations. But I have a love hate relationship with the music industry because I'm so honest. Kinda like kinda like Joe Budden. Kinda like Joe Budden, kinda like common, kinda like it's one of them things where you, and kind of like Hobson, you so honest with the music industry that people just be like, yeah, I got to fuck with you just off the strength of that. Gotcha. And then the music subsides, and then that's good, too. So what I've always done is I've always looked at the music industry different than everybody else. You're not supposed to be dropping a million singles a year. I, I look at the different genres, and I study the different genres. The pop artists do the biggest collaboration they can possibly do with the best engineers and then they put out one song, and then that one song circulates, and then they tour that song, and then the album comes out, or the album come out, and then they tour the album, and then every, like Maroon 5, when Girls Like You come out. Love Maroon 5. Shout out to Maroon 5. They drop a hit every single year, and they do not miss. So back when 106 and Park was a thing, that was for promotion the breakfast club sway ebro this is 50 vlad these are the places that you go to do your your promo run i if if i had a single and it wasn't attached to me doing that then i didn't want to do it because it didn't make any sense because i knew that it wasn't going to reach the magnitude it was going to reach and what's the point of me saying that i'm gonna jump if i'm not gonna jump as high as i can jump that don't make sense so people fell in love more with my philosophy on that than they did the music but they loved the music too Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Now, 
you know, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate here a little okay. bit. Now, you know, sometimes you just gotta jump. Now, it's not you still jump as high as you want, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to be able to just jump, mm-hmm. even, no matter what that layout may look like. And and reason why I say that is because now back in what we say 2004. Um, I was brought down to Atlanta. I was managed by Kenny Burns. Okay. Um, and I was also signed to his production label. Mm-hmm. And we had a single deal that we was going through Interscope with, mm-hmm. which was structured based on if we got the record and it's the record that we want to push, then boom, we can put it out. That's the deal. We went looking for the single. Mm-hmm. And so uh, spent countless hours and days and recording and recording and recording. And I remember, you know, although we went in there looking for a production kind of a deal, it was still, if y'all willing to accept a single, mm-hmm. then we at least, let's take the first leap out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and at first I was a little, you know, a little taken back by them not even finding a single mm-hmm. off of the project that we created. And so for me, it made me stop. Like, man, you know, and Kenny, you know, as a business go, got to move to the next artist. Mm-hmm. And the next artist that was in place um, went ahead and did that thing. And me, I took it as, well, wait a minute, you know, like, what's up with my project? Yeah. I'm still trying to get a project going. Yeah. And that's when I learned there's a difference between the music and the music business. Yep. Right? Your love for the music and the structure of what the music business is has to find a way to meet. Mm-hmm. And so when they moved on to the next artist, I didn't want to work with that artist. I didn't want to do anything until that artist came to me and was like, yo, look, we all working in the studio together. Yeah, You can help A&R. You can get on this project, mm-hmm. put a verse on here. We can still work it out, and it will still be you getting your music out. Yep. And so it wasn't until, I say, years later when I look back and say, Okay, it was still something that came out of it, yeah. even though my project didn't come, come out. out. And mm-hmm. it took a while for me to want to jump on another project yep. because my focus was, well, what happened to my project? Yeah, Why is my project got to be the last project now? Mm-hmm. And so I just say that to say just in hindsight, I know you just mentioned in, you know, a time period that happened. That's why I, I asked you. Um, and so I like to kind of teach the listeners, like, no matter what, Take the jump because mm-hmm. although you're looking for the whole pie, if someone just gives you a slice, mm-hmm. take that slice and maximize the slice okay. versus not taking it. Because a lot of mm-hmm. people do that. I've done no, it. I and you speaking saying. on you doing it like, I'm gonna because you, of that perspective. I'll give you another example. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to realize when a person is dangling a slice in front of your face rather than giving it to you. Mm. And I think that mm. more so that's where I was coming from as far as if a person say, I can't give you the Breakfast Club interview, but I can get you on Sway, my Sway interview is going to be so dope that Breakfast Club has to pick it up. But if a person says, listen, we can't do any of this for you, but we still want you to sign here, I'm cool. Because I mm-hmm. know that if I sign here, then I'm signing for exactly what I agreed to. Yeah. But if I say, nah, I don't want to do the Interscope, let's go to Warner. Nah, I don't want to do Warner, let's go to Universal. Universal say, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that work for you right now. But if I would have signed that other one because they dangled that pie, then I might have been in a messed up situation. Yep. So, you know, I think that um, the most powerful thing is that 
we learn from the past mistakes that people make. I tell people all the time that it's really, it's, I'm probably going to say this one time. Now that I'm wealthy and I did it without having to do what my initial goals were in the industry, I figured out so much other stuff that people should have been known. And that's, let's say you get a $100,000 cash advance from, um, from Interscope. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is you need to have an account with Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Navy Federal, uh, all the other. Let's say you have 10, 10, bank, 10 banks you bank with. You put the money in there for a month each, and then you go to all of them, and you ask them for a $100,000 credit line. You're a millionaire. Now you give that 100000 back that you have to pay back because that was an advance, not a sign-in bonus. And for those who know the difference, and then you, you, take, you give that back, and you give it back with ease. You say, hey, here's your money back. I don't need it anymore. I got a million now. You don't need to sign nowhere. And then even if they shelve you for that year, you spend that time watching the other artists to figure out, okay, this rollout don't work. This do work. You know what? I build a connection with Charlemagne. Now I can go to the Breakfast Club. Now I can go this way. Now I can go to Ebro. That makes more sense. That's, that's always how I've looked at the industry. I have a whole album that's done called Flawless Victory that, is, that I'm just waiting to put out when the right situation is formulated. And once that situation becomes formulated, then I'm going to make that record label billions of dollars because I've done millions of dollars worth of marketing on my own. So with the machine, this is going to be the easiest thing in the world. So, yeah, that, you know, my music, my music. It's like Kanye said, you just need the machine. Where's yeah. it? You know, give me the machine. Yeah, just need the machine. And, and it's, it's, I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself because sometimes I tell people to, to just jump out too. But I will say that everybody that operates without a machine reaches a point to where they go, the machine would be helpful at this point. Mm. And um, it's not because you're suffering, but it's because when you when you when you jump in on a certain level, sometimes you need that extra spring, and that's what the machine does. And there's nothing wrong with asking for it. I don't even like it when people put out these false narratives that signing a deal is a bad thing. Everybody in the world that's ever signed a good deal never had a problem with it. It's just the fact that, especially in hip hop, we highlight every. F- Can we curse? Mm, every freaking body. <laughs> we highlight every we freaking do got body. We some high school kids tuning in. Gotcha. Shout out to y'all. We we highlight everybody that ever signed a bad deal and never talk about anybody that signed a good deal. And I feel like we need to stop doing that. All your major pop artists have record deals, the ones that y'all love, and you never hear them complaining about their deals. It's only in hip hop where you hear people complaining about their deals. So I want y'all to take that true. into take that into consideration and what they're doing wrong and what the other people are doing right. This is true. This is true. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. Giving give, giving y'all some information on the music business. You want to get in the music business, he is definitely sharing his light, sharing his knowledge and information. Um, just, you know, tap in, man. Get, get y'all some of this good game. And so another question I like to ask my guests when they come on is, um, what what are your thoughts on chasing what you're passionate about and then chasing what you're skillful in, right? A lot of people may be passionate about, let's just say passionate about basketball. Mm-hmm. That don't mean you go try to be an NBA player. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't got your jump shot for that. Um, and then – some people are more skillful in woodwork, mm-hmm. but they let their passion be like, well, no, nah, I'm a, I can do the ABA, I could do this, and they keep practicing towards something they're passionate mm-hmm. about versus something they're skillful in. I got you. And so, what would you say to that? Would you tell someone like, look, 
you know, your passion is only going to get you but so far, you may want to focus on the skill, or would you advise them to get more knowledgeable about what their strengths are in their passion? Well, I'm going to say this. Let me use your example. If you're passionate about basketball and you suck and you still want to go to the league, you're just an idiot at that point because there's really nothing that is – when you put a jump shot up, it's not subjective. Either you hit or you miss. So if you're missing, then that means that you need to hire the proper people to put you in a position to where you can be skillful enough to go where you want, where you need to hang it up. You need to have friends around you that's going to be that honest with you that's going to tell you that. And if you do woodwork, then that means that you have a job in the NBA always as far as carpeting and as far as the other stuff. They need new seats. I've been to a few NBA games. Trust me, they need new seats. And women love to go to NBA games. So you might be able to pull more women than the NBA players if you play your cards right. It's a nice check over there waiting for you. So That's a good way to put it. I turned my whole life into a passion project from 2010 all the way to, uh, to now. And everything that I ever wanted came into fruition now, but it came into fruition differently than how I imagined it going. Everybody thinks that when they drop their first single, it's going to go platinum and we're going to be out of here and we're going to be on. There's no such thing as out of here. There's no such thing as own. Because the, if that was a such thing, we would never see our favorite celebrities ever again because they would be out of here. But they're still here. So there's no such thing as out of here. And we have to teach the people early that there's no such thing as out of here. When I was at the barber shop this morning, my um, my my barber was like, you know, it's very interesting how like you know when you be on Instagram, you have on like you know some chains and you you know you be driving with the top down and you doing this and doing that. But when you come to get your hair cut, you have on some joggers, a sweatshirt. Yeah, <laughs> it might not even match. Yeah. And I'm like, because the best thing about my life now is that I'm so happy and. I've created a system that I love to where I can go to the gym. I don't want to be so famous that I can't walk around. And when I wanted to be as famous as Michael Jackson before, I never considered the fact that he couldn't go to the movies anymore. He can't have a regular relationship anymore. He can't raise his kids without the public eye having an opinion. He can't even name his kid Blanket if he want to. Like, is you that famous? I'm sure that he would give up a portion of that in order for him to have a little bit of normality back. And so my passion was to become that famous, but it shifted when I started to actually get a reality dose of what the real industry was like in all the industries, acting, modeling, music, all of that stuff. And then me as a person, sometimes you feel like you want to be that famous. And then when they start coming for you on Instagram, you're like, oh, shoot, I I didn't sign up for this. Yes, you did. You said you wanted a thousand comments. There, There they go. There they go. There they go. And then, you and, got now, and now you're like, well, maybe I just want 900. Well, maybe I just want 800. And then you start to scale it from there. So that's what I say. You live and you learn. You learn yourself as you grow. You never stop learning yourself. That's another narrative that people need to stop telling people is you'll figure it out. You're not going to figure it out. You're just going to get better at not having it figured out. And you're going to become more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Hmm. You know, I've, I've never seen a play that Michael Jordan did that was easy. But he was comfortable being uncomfortable in those situations that he made it look so good. That's true. That's it. That's the key to life right there. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. We're going um, – actually, before I even cut away, I got, I got one more question for you. One more question. Then we're going to go ahead and pay some bills. Um, what else is on the bucket list right now? So you, you accomplish the things that you accomplish uh, on your life journey. 
And so looking forward, mm -hmm. what are some of the goals that's on your bucket list that you're, you know, trying to attack? I want to go ahead and solidify my spot in the Guinness Book of World Records for having 300 media platform interviews. So I have the most out of everybody in the world. So I want to go ahead and solidify my spot there. And I want to finalize my mainstream radio tour with uh, Sway, Ebro, Breakfast Club, um, Vlad, all of those. I want to go ahead and knock out my mainstream interview uh, tour. Uh, Tim Westwood, Big Boy, you know, okay. those platforms. Okay. And then I want to go ahead and um, Bliss the League has always been one of my favorite video games. And I feel like they had a very underrated storyline in the last one that they did in 2008. So I want to step into video game design and I want to partner with Midway. And I want to help them produce the next Blister League. And I want to put my album on that soundtrack. And I want to become one of the characters in the storyline, too, and help them sell their video games. So the I have a few things that are on my bucket nice, list. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. I like that. I like that. And okay. also, I want to um, I want to have the ultimate conversation with Andrew Tate, probably Dame Dash, probably 19 Keys. I want to have a conversation in the podcast space with people who are actively making the same moves that I'm making. So that we can see the active change. Um, in 2002, it was a lot of talking. I'm not a talker. I'm a doer. So I want to have a conversation with a lot of doers. And then I want to do something to where they go, yo, from this conversation, this happened. And from that conversation, that happened. And then continue to build that and continue to keep that going. Dope, 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 dope. Well, we got the talented Mr. Vigilante in the building. I just named him that. His name is just Vigilante. But I had to put the talented Mr vigilante in the building y'all so it's your boy jimmy doe y'all know what it is it's a dream big show each and every wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m on the one and only b96 the block we out of here we're gonna jump into a little of that little bit of that maroon five too <laughs>
45. Maybe I'm barely alive. Maybe you've taken my shit for the last time. Yeah. Maybe I know that I'm drunk. Maybe I know you're the one. Maybe I'm thinking it's better if you drive. Yes, yes, you know what it is. It's your boy Jimmy Doe. This is the Dream Big Show on the one and only B96. The block. We on the block with it. 
We got uh, Vigilante in the building for those yes, that's just yes. tuning in and catching up with us. The talented Mr. Vigilante is in the building, mm-hmm. uh, sharing his his knowledge and his game. We talked about, you know, how these entertainers, or let's just say recording artists, mm-hmm. not entertainers, recording artists, can flip their advance. Yep. Um, so that that was definitely some some good game that Thank you dropped you. right there on the mathematics. A lot of people don't know how to flip mathematics like that. Mm-hmm. So be able to, you know, take something and then turn it into something else and pay that person back mm-hmm. is the way that most should be thinking. Willingly. You know, willingly. Walk the money back to them. Now, you want your money back? <laughs> like that. Facts, facts, facts. The last thing I was going to say about yeah, that, yeah. too, is that what most artists don't do and one thing that I have prepared is that I'm coming to the labels with a deal. I'm not waiting on them to give me a deal. I'm coming to them with this deal. I want our per- our percentage splits to be this. I want this to be that. I have this many singles, and I want to go about it like this. I have this person shooting the videos. This is the video budget. I have this. I have that. This is what I want to do. It may be half of the expenses that they want to give, but I'm going to take all of the money. Let's say that it's a million that they want to give me, and it costs 500000 to do what I want to do. I'm going I'm to I'm put the million away. I'm going to spend my own 500000 and then I'm going to give them – I'm going to let the, the 500000 sit. Then I'm going to give them back the 500000 And then I'm going to just continue to move forward. Okay, we can go out of the deal. We can come back into the deal, depending on what they want to do after that. I, I have the exit clause. I created the exit clause. Mm. So I can just leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coming to the table with your deal. <coughs> well, I ain't my mad deal. at that. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. Um. And so l- let's also talk about, you know, when, I, when I'm when i on your Instagram, I looked at your Instagram. Yeah. Um. And I see you doing the boxing thing. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit about the boxing. Uh, what you doing with boxing? Are you planning on stepping in that space? Or is this just like exercise? What, what you doing with that? It started off just to clear my mind. You know, I was in a poly relationship. I had two uh, women at the same time. And we all split around the same time. So at that time, I was at the height of my career at that time. I had just got verified doing my song with Don Dreer from So So Def. Might have been your label mate, actually, if she was working with Kenny, too. Okay. And so um, we were... Uh, it was just it was just a weird time for me because everything else was going well except for that. So I was getting in the gym to keep my mind off of it. And I like the boxing space because I feel like as a man, you should never not know how to defend yourself. And then when I looked in the mirror, I've always been an athlete, always been slim. So, you know, people look at it like either you slim or you fat. And it's like, no, you can still be slim and out of shape. This so with me going into the entertainment space where sex sales, uh, being – turnkey in every situation is the easiest thing is the proper thing for you to do um so i decided to turn my boxing into like boxing fitness and then i partnered with some brands when i got serious about it and then celebrity boxing put a post up and said yo who do y'all want to see next in celebrity boxing all my fans went and swarmed that post and then i said okay so y'all want me to really do this thing so they started talking numbers and i started going oh yeah line whoever y'all want up I started putting up that content, which was in the boxing world a mistake, but in the celebrity boxing world probably not because it raised my stock and it made all of my opponents not put, it made them all pull out. They didn't want to do the fight no more because in celebrity boxing, it's like, oh, this, nobody can fight here, so we're all safe. We're just going to get some extra money and it's going to be a spectacle. Gotcha. I'm, I'm training with amateurs and pros and I'm going in there to knock somebody out because that's the bigger money that I get. I don't want to play around with you because then my money depletes because then I can't talk no trash to my next opponent because he like, look what you did last fight. If you want to do that, cool. I'm not doing that. 
So when I stepped into the space, it was it was a good space. It was definitely different because in, in, in entertainment, everything is subjective. If I do a movie and I get paid a million dollars, I really don't give a fuck if you like I, I'm sorry. I really don't care if you like the movie or not. I got paid. It's out. I'm doing the next one. But right. in boxing... It's like Evil Knievel. I'm getting paid for the attempt. For the attempt. <laughs> yeah. And with this one, in boxing, you got to win to stay on top. When I was boxing, I looked at my opponent across from me, and I watched him walk the belt because I negotiated a main event and a belt for my first fight. Hmm. And I watched him walk the belt around the, the thing, and I said, I can't appease this crowd and entertain I got to go over there and really punish this person for me to get this. And I felt like that was a huge character building moment for me because I haven't been in a lot of fist fights growing up. I stayed out of trouble. And so for me to voluntarily put myself in that position, it upgraded my value as a man because now I know at any moment I can defend myself and feel comfortable. And then I do it at the gym on a daily basis. People throw punches at my face for practice. Mm. So I feel like that. This is what we should have grown up doing. This what every time we see a video of Chinese kids, what are they doing? Combat. Technology. That's why everything is made over there, and that's why they have the best. I'm not gonna say they got the best army, but they have the biggest army. So, I would hate to see what happens if that day ever comes. Hopefully, I'm not here when that day comes. Mm. So that's kind of where the celebrity boxing came from. And then watching Andrew Tate, four-time celebrity, four-time kickboxer, world champion, kickboxer. Him just being super big and being like, yeah, in order for you to be the ultimate high-value man, you got to be in shape. Every time you take your shirt off, the ladies need to go crazy. If they not, it's something wrong. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in a space now where when I get around the ladies, I don't – and I haven't done this in years, but I don't want to pitch myself to them to try to appease to what I feel that they may want in order for me to be able to get in their good graces. No, I come around as vigilante. You take this or you leave it because you know somebody else is going to do it. Mm. And that FOMO is going to be one of the biggest reasons why you decide that you want to do this. And then you can decide if you like me later because you can't decide that out the gate. You got to decide that later. So that all came in tangent with the kickboxing. If a woman knows that you can um, protect her, you edgy. She don't want somebody that's just fighting everybody in the streets all day. She don't want no bully, but she wants somebody that's capable with their hands, somebody that's capable with itinerary, just so that she can feel that an extension of her is protected and that can teach her. Women love boxing, actually. Mm. The world loves boxing. That's the number one combat sport. And it's with the least combat. It's other fight, other things where you hit with elbows and knees and stuff, and don't nobody want to watch it. Yeah, like and you, like the UFC. UFC. Yeah. And they get paid the less, the least, and they mm. take the most punishment. Mm. So it was, it just made too much sense. It made too much sense. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. Brother, building is confident up in the gym and clearing your mind. Yeah. So that's making you, you know, improving yourself, personal, personal growth, personal yeah. improvement, yeah. personal development. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, speaking on personal development, what are some of the things um, that you practice to hold yourself accountable and make sure that you're on track to reach the goals that you set? Mm. You know, with, with I said it earlier lightly, but I'm going to shed more light on it. With me being a Sigma male, are you familiar? No, nah, good. Enlighten me, brother. Okay, so a sigma male is the perfect blend between the beta and the alpha male. And the sigma male is like the rarest of, it's like the, the 1% of the 1%. So, like, 
somebody like Jay-Z would be a Sigma male, somebody like Dame Dash would be an alpha male. If you can imagine what an argument between them two would be like. Somebody like uh, Equalizer, um, Keanu Reeves, Sigma males, uh, Thor, alpha male, Captain America, Sigma male. This is a good example right here. Captain America was the most fit to be the leader of the Avengers because he utilized everybody else's strengths and he was willing to take a back seat in order for everybody else to flourish. If he knew that he couldn't do what the Hulk could do, he would send the Hulk to do it so that everybody would win. Thor was not fit to be the leader because Thor felt like he was the only person that was fit to kill Thanos. And that was, and that's why they suffered and that's why he got whooped on in every movie because he put himself in a position to be like, I'm Thor. I'm going to be the one to do this when you got a whole team behind you. Mm. But that's an alpha mentality versus a sigma mentality. Gotcha. So okay. Yeah, okay. But okay. That's, that's kind of how I developed everything and utilized all of the pieces of the puzzle. When I first started doing my media tour back in the day, I was positioning people to give them my fame so that they could take over mainstream radio jobs from people that was doing a bad job in mainstream radio. Gotcha. It's like you have no choice but to hire this person because they interview vigilante. Well, how did they get that? Because they're great at what they do, and he likes them. Well, now we have to pay attention to them. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yep. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Sigma male. That's Sigma my first male. time hearing that. Yeah. Um. Okay, okay. I learned something new. Learn something new. I'm today's old on that term, so <laughs> appreciate you uh, sharing that. And yeah. so... Um, and so in that, do you have like a formula that you follow, um, to just kind of make sure like, do you, you know, like what's some of your daily habits? Uh, you know, most successful people have daily habits. What are some of your daily habits that you practice on a day to day basis? One of the things about me is that it really don't take long for me to develop. You know, they say it take, uh, a certain amount of days for you to break a habit. Not, not me. I'm one of them people where if, if, a, if a person tell me McDonald's is not good for you, oh, okay, prove it. As soon as they prove it, I'm done. I'm not going back. So once they showed that being shape in shape and being fit gets you more women, I was at the gym. Okay. Once they showed you that okay. dressing you nice a gets you more women, factor. I'm at the gym. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm buying new clothes. Once they said that uh, once, once I had enough money to buy my drop top, I'm at the dealership. Like it's one of them things where it's like, I hold myself so accountable that I've just made it fun. Most people think when you're getting held accountable for something that it's punishment or that it's something that you don't want to do. And the problem with most people is that they have to turn their lifestyle into something that's fun and feasible and rewarding for them every single day. This is true. That's why women who on Instagram that do fitness, they love it because not only, because, you know, attention and validation is currency to a woman. So not only do they get to remain fit, but they also get to showcase that fitness in front of all of their Peers. potential partners. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. In front of go. their potential partners. And they get to um, they get to kind of mask it as not seeking attention and as actually working out. But you can't fault them because they actually working out. So they have found a loophole in order for us to be able to subside what it is that they're doing. Hmm. So... You know, that's what it is. People have to just, I'm one of them people where I would rather die trying to get what I want than to live as a coward. I just never been one of them people. I couldn't, if you live as a coward, you died a long time ago. 
So you might as well just die now. Gotcha. That's how I feel. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Um, and so, you know, speaking on, like, some of the your outlooks on things, um, did you have a mentor, at, at, um, you know, through your throughout your journey? Um, and what did that look like? I just really kept picking up knowledge from everywhere that I went. You know, when I went on, when I when I got on live with Bow Wow, I got to see like the world turn on him. Not because like when he was with me, but like just in general at that time period when the Bow Wow challenge is going out and everybody's saying that Bow fell off or Bow this, Bow that. I'm like, Bow was a legend. Bow was an icon. You don't remember Bounce with me? You don't remember like kid rappers after uh, yeah, Criss Cross and. Yeah. Yeah. You don't remember him having the game sewn up for all them years and pretty much putting so so deaf on the map. You don't remember this? I'm not I'm I'm not one of them people that subscribe to the fell off culture. I don't believe in that. That's why when I did my single Fly Away, I went to go get Dondria. And for people who don't know who Dondria is, that's the one who sings You're the One for Me. Multi platinum song with So So Deaf. I don't care how long ago it was. That's Dondria. Mm. That's the first woman to ever get signed from YouTube. So I pick up all of this stuff from the people that I that I talk to and I see what it is that keeps them from being successful, more successful, and what it is that has propelled them to the ultimate level of success. Mm-hmm. And um it was almost like mentors from a distance. You were able to kind of pick up that that information, that education, that knowledge and apply it to yourself. And up close. I never been a fan of the people talking about, man, when we get on, we're gonna do this, because you know. A millionaire walk like this and he moved like this and I'm like I don't want to talk about how millionaires walk and move I want to become that so that people look at me and say well this is how vigilante carries himself mm. so the whole cornball mentality of you have to emulate something that you know nothing about I just it died and that's one of the things about me like when I see certain shit that I stuff that I don't like or that I don't agree with it just dies instantly I just mm. kill it I don't need it anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Like, here's a good example right here. When I lived in Michigan, when I was in ninth grade, there was this girl I had a crush on. I was doing sports. I wasn't doing music yet. I had just grew my dress. It was like this long. For those who can see on camera, it was like this <laughs> long. And I had just had an afro right before that. Couldn't dress that well, but I wasn't b- bummy. I just, it just wasn't there yet. And, you know, I didn't have much going on. I didn't understand female nature. I didn't get it. I didn't know what hypergamy was. I didn't understand any of that stuff yet. So um, I got the girl number. She kind of spun me around. She seen me every day. She didn't really, you know, didn't advance to nothing. She saw, she watched me go. And, you know, I left and I moved to uh, Georgia. I was in Georgia for about a year. All my friends were still living in Michigan because that's where I grew up. So I went back to visit. Around this time, I got my first chain. I got my first watch. I got a new Letterman jacket that say Lights Out Records on it. I got, you know, joggers became popular around that time. I got new wardrobe. I got stuff on YouTube going viral, stuff on Facebook going viral. I met Atlanta women now. I'm not even studying these Michigan women no more, but I'm going back to visit because my family going back. At the time, I ain't had no say-so whether I was going to go or not. So when I go back, before I even cross state lines, she texts me. Here's my address. Pull up to the address. She gives me a hug. I give her a hug. I don't even care anymore. Like, I'm not even focused on her. We go down to the basement. We kicking it. We chilling. We watching TV. I'm not even studying her, and I know she could feel that energy. She um she turns to me, and she goes, you didn't even give me a proper hug when we came in. I said, oh, yeah, do your thing. She sits on my lap. She gives me a hug. She ain't never did this before. Mm. 
Um, and she looks me in my eye and she says, if you can guess what I'm thinking, you could do it. And then she looks down in my letterman and she goes, this lights out record stuff real? And I said, what do you think? Why would I have this jacket on? I've never talked to this girl like this before. Ever. But I, like I said, I didn't care anymore. Mm. So then the beginning of what was supposed to happen transpires and then her little brother comes downstairs and then we stop doing that. And then I'm thinking in my mind, this is a girl a year ago that didn't want nothing to do with me at all. She would not give me a relationship with her. But what I didn't understand was that the best thing in my life at that time would have been me dating her. And that's not female nature. And females can pick that up when the best thing that you have is them. You have to have a passion, a focus, a desire, and a purpose. And you have to be on that purpose. And they have to want to join that program in order for you to be successful with them. And they have to continue to chase. They have to continue to admire you in the process and the winnings of your purpose while still chasing the attention and validation of wanting to lock you in a relationship. That is the best position for you to be in with women. Mm. And then I just applied that same method to the industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This, this brother got some uh, got some good breakdowns you got there. You got some good philosophy that you, mm-hmm. you, you dropping on these people. So, okay, okay, okay. Now let, let's talk about... Um, are you a person that 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 does vision boards and um uh, like how how do you like I know you say okay you got your bucket list of goals right and so on those goals how did you are you mind mapping those what does that look like like just give us a little process to um how you go about success got you so one of the things that I did wrong in my career was probably the way that I went about doing the song with Dondre was that I spent uh, energy and money in a place where energy and money wasn't circulating itself. So sometimes we want to do something and it makes sense because we have the ability to do it, but it doesn't make sense because of the timing and what's going on around everything. Mm. So what I've learned to do in my career moving forward is to always go with the flow of what's happening in the industry. I tell people all the time, why would you rent out a club for your birthday when you can go to a club that's already going to be packed and then just go into somebody's VIP section or get a small VIP section and maneuver around the entire club that's already going to be packed. So I maneuver my career that exact same way. I just partnered with Love for Crew Clothing. We've been in the process of locking in our Ferrari Simmons deal. Ferrari Simmons just signed um, as the talent coordinator for Warner Brothers. Nice. So this is the perfect timing for us to go ahead and maneuver there as he continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And right after that, we're going to do a back of the class freestyle where they beat on the desk with the pencil. And with that being a nuance and it being so dope, this is the perfect time to do it because this is the lowest that the price is ever going to be. And then after that, we're going to have the next thing moved out to where we continue to be consistent. And there's going to be, I'm not going to give this away because I don't want too many people utilizing it just yet, but there's going to be some soon changes, I'll tell you off air, with Instagram. Okay. That's going to make people super creators in a minute to where whoever is a thousand there is about to be a millionaire. And whoever is uh, close to having thousands is about to have thousands. And it's about to really separate some things for people who really want to uh, 
be active in that creator space. Dope. So y'all stay y'all stay tuned in. It's some big dope. stuff that's coming up. Dope, 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 dope. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, got one more question for you before we, you know, get out of here, and pay some more bills, and then we're gonna have my man Arms, uh, the visual artist on Zacaso will be joining us soon. We just got the message, so he's gonna be pulling up, uh, and you know, share some life, share some some games, some information. Yeah. Um, but a question I have, well, two questions actually, and one is, you got on your bio. Um, award nominated, mm-hmm. right? But you don't say what award you're nominated for, mm-hmm. right? And the people want to know, what have you been nominated for? Okay, so I'm glad that you asked me this. Yeah. So I was nominated at the Black Only Awards, the Boss S Word Only Awards, and also the Bolden Awards. Okay. These are three new award shows, and those two first award shows that I went to were absolute garbage. And I am glad that I got to have that experience because I never went to the MTV Awards or the BET Awards or the Hip Hop Awards or the VMA Awards or the Grammys or the Oscars or any of the other award shows. I'm super excited that us as African-American people have finally decided to do something on our own. But I'm very disappointed that we have chosen the lowest quality of the way to do so as we pretty much do everything like how we oversaturated hip hop and start putting out trash music no other genre has ever done that we're the only ones that did it so what I was able to do was a director that I work with named Deontay Bolding I was able to partner with him and actually be on the committee board so that we could get reputable people Um, shout out to uh, Santia Deck who is the first African American woman to have uh, athletic shoe if you go on my page, you'll see a couple pictures down, me with her. Shout out to my guy, Mickey Fax. If you don't know Mickey Fax, then you don't know nothing about hip-hop. And uh, shout out to everybody else, Shorty Lowe Jr. Shout out to Richard Pryor Jr. Shout out to a few other people that's going to be receiving awards at the Bolden Awards and the, uh, the custom categories that they're receiving them for. And another one of my stream of incomes, because it's May 20th, that's when the Bolden Awards is. So after May 20th, after I receive my award, I am going to offer my services permanently to be on the committee boards of these award shows so that we can make sure that they never look like that again Mm. because there's no excuse. And then there's no excuse for the owners to not want to have conversations with some of the biggest creators in the world. There's no excuse for you to treat them like that and then there's no excuse for you to treat them like that after you treated them like that. Gotcha. So that's why it says nominated instead of winning because I didn't win at both and I already won at the third one. And that's why it also doesn't say that because I don't want to shed light on them until they get it together. Okay. And okay. right now they're keeping me at arm's length. They actually, well, let me not, let me not say they, the black only awards is keeping me at arm's length. And the, um, the Boss S Word Only Awards has decided to bring me on for next year. Okay. Well, later this year, because okay. that was last year. Yeah. So yep. later yep. this so year. 2023. 2023. Okay. And then the Bolden Awards have decided to bring me on for this year, too. So we're making progress in the right directions. If we're going to do these indie award shows, they still got to be done correctly. Gotcha. I'm, gotcha. Not a, I'm not a low-hanging fruit mentality type of dude. So we're either going to do this right, like I said before. We're going to jump, and we're going to make it to the other side, or we're going to stay here until we figure it out. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Now, are you someone that come ha- come down hard on yourself when you um, fall short? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I can hear that in your mm-hmm. in your tone and the things that mm-hmm. you describe. Like if something 
don't go the way you plan or you you miss the rim on your shot, you sound like you come down hard on yourself. If it's human error, then it's just human error. But if I know for a fact that I BS myself, that's when I check myself. But I don't realize it until you BS yourself. So, like, when I was in my celebrity boxing match, I thought I was going to beat the dude because it was so easy. It ended up being a draw. I ain't lose. And we fought in his hometown on his home league. And I was the reason he went from being just another person on the card to a main event because he was the only person that matched my weight class. And he had the biggest buzz at that time of those people. And I could have beat him if I would have trained harder and if I would have been a little bit more focused. Mm. But I just thought that my natural ability was just going to beat him. So... You know what's hard is leaving Atlanta, telling everybody I'm about to bring a belt home, and then coming back to Atlanta with no belt. Mm. That was the one moment where I got to feel what it's like for somebody like, not Floyd because he's undefeated, but another professional fighter or boxer or anything to have a million people see that. Mm. That's a lot. It hurts. It hurts. Even when you didn't lose, it still hurts. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Well, man, you know, for the people to understand is, you know, you got to have a goal. You got to have a vision. You got to stick to it. You got to hold yourself accountable to get there. And and, it, and you got to come down hard on yourself, right? I mean, come, come down hard on yourself when you don't achieve it and then celebrate yourself when you do. Mm-hmm. Make sure you do both. And a lot of times we look past – um, checking ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like if you know that it didn't happen because of you, mm-hmm. not because of any technical difficulties no. or anything else, mm-hmm. it was you and your effort, mm-hmm. then face that music and mm-hmm. check it and correct it. Yep. And when you do get there and you do win and you do come home with the belt, mm-hmm. celebrate yourself. Yep. It's, it's important to celebrate yourself progress is the number one thing when it comes to meeting your success in goal mm-hmm. like if you don't see the progress why keep going and be okay with the world not celebrating with you because everybody's not going to be happy for you there you go celebrate yourself mm-hmm. it's your boy jimmy doe this is the dream big show we're going to cut away pay some more bills we're going to come right back arms of castle will be in the building so we're going to make this thing we're we going to get into some things, man. This is my guy. Um, y'all may know him. He, he came to my art show back in November. Um, and he, he, got some, he got some things he's been working on. So we're going to get into a conversation with him and um, let y'all know what the dream is all about, baby. The dream is real, like my man Kenny say. But you got to make sure you dream big. It's your boy, Jimmy Dose, the Dream Big Show, on the one and only B96. The block. We on the block with it. Sweet baby 
it like it when you bite it. We can't just keep talking about it. We think too often about it. We can't just be cautious about it. I wanna get wild. Take me for a ride, boy. Show me you outside, boy. No, it's been a while, boy. I wanna get wild. I wanna drive you crazy, crazy. Pull up inside me, baby. Fucking it up like oopsie daisy. Like lazy. I need you to roll up in that shit like you skating Baby, ain't a hold up, I'm that shit, I hate waiting do, 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 do. Shoot your shot, I'm impatient This type shit have you wildin' Last minute trips to the islands Trip, trip, trip when you're sliding Dip, 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 baby, ride in Don't hesitate when you In it cause you know I like it Making up a cake for you Sweet, baby, like it when you bite it You can't just keep talking about it Just be cautious about it I wanna get wild Take me for a ride, boy Show me you outside, boy No, it's been a while, boy I wanna get wild Oh, yeah, you know you're right on time Baby, bring it to me how I like No, I need it more than just one time Two times, a few times You know that I need it from you, baby, right on time Baby, bring it to me how I Down mm. on the kitchen floor, right on that towel. It's my dick, and I want it now. Ow. Tell me how you want it. Put me on my back, on my stomach. Baby, let me blow it like a trumpet. I could do it all. I could probably suck a watermelon through a straw. Believe me, every other day, new wig, new hair. Come take me out this mood glare. I be waiting on you with some lingerie. Drop this pussy down low like bombs. Sway, boom. Nothing but a robe in your house. I wanna put these pretty pink toes in your mouth. Send news to your phone while you're working. Boy, you gotta see this shit in person, believe me. We can't just keep talking about it. We think too often about it. We can't just be cautious about it. Somebody pull this girl like a hammy, hammy Let's check a little dip, little lady 
section view, I set for you. Let me get a text come true, so I'ma show you what my legs can do. Pull up another party, yeah. I ain't not watching nobody, yeah. Pull up another Rari, yeah. Be a feelings that my carry. Pull up another party, yeah. I ain't not watching nobody, yeah. Pull up another card, yeah. I ain't not watching nobody, but you.
visual artist arm is in the building, arm of Casso. Shout out to my boy. What's going on? What's going on? We've been waiting for you, man. You know, we've been talking about getting this interview for some time now. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. So it's good it's good to have you in the building. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Thanks absolutely, having me. absolutely. Um, and so I want to jump into tell the people your name, what you do, how long you've been doing it for. Give them a little origin story on Arm of Casso. All right, cool. Yeah, so I go by Arm of Casso. Uh, that's my art name. Uh, I did that name a while ago because, you know, that the arm stands for my first name, my middle name, my last name. And then Casso, you know, for Pablo Picasso. And I'm saying that I got the arm of Picasso. So I put those together. And you get arm of Casso. Uh, I'm from Philadelphia. I've been doing art my, my whole life. And I've been uh, having my, you know, my arm of Casso business for about two and a half years now. And everything's been on the up and up. And it's been a blessing. Nice, 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 nice. And so, um, you know, today's topic I was talking about, like, what it means to double down on yourself, bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you someone who have done that, you yeah. know, like you've taken your craft, went all the way in, mm-hmm. and you've been doing it now, you know, for at least, what, at least 10, 10 years now yeah, so yeah, on the painting yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might as well say, yeah, you might as well say about like 10 years now, you know, because uh, uh, Philadelphia, I'm from Philadelphia, so I used to have an art group. It was called Sharp with Art Group, and we used to do like uh, – local art shows throughout the city of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, way before social media and stuff, we was posting up flyers and all types of good old stuff. So, yeah, it's been it's been a while now since when, when the uh, street team was a real yeah. street team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pass the flyers out, putting them in, you know, sneaker stores, uh, clothing stores, and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Um, and so talk to me a little bit about, you know, just the success that you've had here in Atlanta uh, since you moved here, and what that's been like? Yeah, man. You know, since I got here, because I, I lived in Miami for two years and okay. stuff. And uh, you know, once I moved here to Atlanta, you know, it's just, it's been a, you know a lot of you know things going here. You know, the energy here is you know for the people and stuff like that. Uh, I've been able. Well, last year I've been able to connect with uh, a couple production companies. You know, with TV shows and uh, you know a couple films and stuff like that. Uh, I had some artwork on the show Atlanta, the last episode. So I was able to do, you know, the back wall in the restaurant, uh, connected with a couple other people with some Netflix films. But there's so many, you know, production companies yeah, down yeah. here, always working and stuff like that. I'm working on the piece for, you know, someone who's on, you know, the set of The Walking Dead right now. So, yeah, it's been a blessing coming down here. It's like, you know, this, this is Hollywood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, shout out to that, man. And yeah. so... You know, for a lot of people, for me, like, I, I'm new in, in the visual art space. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it now, let's say, probably about three years. Yeah. And, you know, cracking into it for me has been like, man, like, just trying to understand the culture. You know, for yeah. me being a recording artist and then tapping into being the visual artist, you know, mm-hmm. painting and things like that, mm-hmm. you find that the worlds are a little different. Because for the music side, people just want to come and enjoy, have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to art, you're trying to sell your pieces. Yeah. And so uh, talk to me a little bit about, like, what's been your some of your strengths when it comes to selling your pieces? Man, so cra- it's crazy. Like, I knew when I first came down here, I knew when I started wanting to push my style, that I had to get my art around people who, you know, were known. That was the thing, you know, because, you know, now everybody want to be connected to something, 
you know, that's kind of greater than them. You yeah. know, they want to feel like, you know, a certain type of class and stuff they want to be a part of and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. at that time, it was just me just connecting with, you know, uh, taking pictures, you know, with people who, like, you know, are in the business and stuff like that and getting my work out there. And then that way, once they got it and once they're around it, I'm able to leverage that with other clients, you know, because they, you know, they looking like, oh, all right, you know, like it's, it's just like when somebody purchases a Louis bag or any type of those brands. The notoriety. Like, yeah, it's just like a class type thing, you know. They mm -hmm. want to be a part of that type of thing. So that's why I was able to leverage that, you know, getting this work to different type of entertainments that I was able to tell people, you know, how much I would like for my pieces and for my work. So that's how I was doing it. Because if it was connected to this here, you know, you know the price got to be. What it is. Yeah, what it is. Gotcha. It was connected to these type of people, so. Got you, got you. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what was the feeling like when you sold your first piece? Man, so I saw my, my first piece a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And it was a, it was a good feeling, but what's weird is I've always, I always been kind of hustling art because, like, uh, in sixth grade, I was, like, in middle school, making, you know, an extra couple of dollars. I used to, like, do, like, Goku and... Dragon really? Ball Z drawings, okay. and I used to sell them in the classroom for like five hours and stuff like that. So I was always, or well, sometimes I used to do people's homework because <laughs> I went to a creative. Hate to say that I went to a creative and performing arts school. Sometimes I did some people's projects. Uh, stuff. So I was always been like, you know, hustling art though, but like actually selling like you know physical paintings and stuff like that. That first time was something, especially if you know something that I sold for a couple more dollars than what I usually used to sell it for. So yeah. it was just like, oh wow, okay, like this is. This is different, you know? Yeah. And you would hear people talking about this type of stuff. Like, they sold a piece for this certain amount. And you're like, wow, they did? Like, how, how did they do that? And stuff like that. Yeah. And then you sell it one time, and you're able to, you know, do that a couple more times and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely a, a blessing. And then people start seeing and connecting with your work like that. Yeah. You know, it becomes totally different. And, you know, it's you know it's, it's a lot of levels to this. You know, I don't know if you heard about uh, Jeff Coons and his, uh, his dog, uh, Oh man! Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the dog, yeah, the, the dog balloon. Dog. Yeah, yeah, it like, yeah. It like, like broke, you know, in Miami. Really? Yeah, and that that dog costs like forty two thousand dollars. So he's Sheesh. like, he's like one of the highest paid uh, living artists right now. So, you know, just yeah, I like Jeff Cole. They used Jeff to work Cole towards. Is, is, <laughs> he got some nice art, man. Yeah, man. Nice art. And, you know, and they like so simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, something that you know, like usually it's like something that you can connect to. Everybody's looking for something like to connect to at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. You know, if you bring you know, like a lot of his work, you know, it's like like a, like a lot of childlike type things like balloons and stuff and like certain mm -hmm. images. You remember them as a kid and stuff like that. So that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, and so before you got into your signature look um, and for those mm -hmm. that have seen it, kind of describe what your signature look is for those that might have seen your work and didn't know it was yours. But yeah. now they know, like, oh, that's who Armor Picasso is. Like, yeah. describe your your signature look, and where that where did that come from? Yeah, well, my my signature style is, is is really you know me being in Philly and just seeing like a lot of you know graffiti, you know a lot of people tagging up walls and stuff, and um, it's just a couple of my images have floral designs in it. It's because you know I hate to say it, a lot of people you know in my neighborhood throughout my family like passed away. So I'm just used to seeing, like, a lot of flowers, kids, you know, certain bad things happening to kids get, you know, uh, just this murder rate and all types of crazy yeah. stuff happening. You saw me seeing flowers and and, and uh, bears and all types of stuff. So that's what the floral designs is for. 
And then, you know, the sad faces and the X's on eyes. You know, it's just like we have good times and you also have, you know, bad times, mm. you know. So that's that's also some people say it look like emojis though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah, a little you bit, know, but to me, bit. you know, that's what you know, I was thinking of. And then I used to also see those type of signs on uh, you know, uh inside of bathrooms and in public schools, hate to say that. <laughs> that's what happens, you yeah. know. And you know, on trains and stuff like that, it'll be X's on eyes and dudes is like tagging on, you know, walls and stuff like that. That's why some people ask me, like, oh, you ever do graffiti before? I, I never did graffiti, you know. Mm, but, you know, I was inspired by the graffiti style. That's why I use a lot of Sharpies and markers because guys always, like, using crank markers and yep. Sharpies and yep. tagging up walls and stuff like that. So that's that's what that's my style, though. You know? Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And then uh, I see you do a lot of murals. Yeah. And so is that something that – when did that kind of come into your career, doing murals? Man, so it was crazy. The, the mural started. Um, I did a, a, a project in Miami for Art Basel. It was for uh, Rick Ross. So I did like a 27-foot like backdrop. And then from there, I was just like, dang, man, I want to do larger scale walls. I feel like people, you know, get extremely excited about when they see something that large created. Yeah. yeah. So from there, you know, other people seeing it, it's like, oh, I want that on my wall. So that's when that started happening with the interior wall murals and stuff i haven't haven't worked on anything outside but i'm like way more comfortable with doing things on flatter surfaces and stuff and I'm, i probably just end up keeping it interior wall murals and stuff gotcha you know because i eventually want to do stuff for like you know hospitals and stuff like that you know what i'm saying like because uh this artist keith herring he had a couple things at children's hospital that he did like you know yeah and you do kind of got like a, a spin on Keith Haring's yeah, style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like your own twist to Keith uh-huh. Haring's style. I yeah. can see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and so let's go back a little bit. Something that I asked Vigilante and I wanted okay. to swing your way okay. is what are some of your daily habits? Like, you know, most successful people have daily habits. What are mm-hmm. some of your daily habits that you practice? Man, my, my daily habits now that keep me in order is uh, – <laughs> Waking up with my daughter in the morning time, <laughs> getting her ready, you know, and getting my breakfast and stuff like that. You know, usually it'd be like, you know, my, my, my water and my tea and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, in the afternoon I exercise and stuff, you know, uh, listening to music. All of that is just, you know, definitely needed and stuff like that. Just like I try to get like a calm moment where I just walk around the house for a minute, you know, and then I just start, you know, start working and stuff. So, you know. And then it's always, you know, just every everything with me now, you know, it's just, you know, about family. So me being around my family is just gotcha. like a big part of, you know, me creating. Like gotcha. I can't even I can't even go to certain places and like do projects anymore without like bringing my whole family. <laughs> Cuz gotcha. it's like, you know, they they inspire me, you know, to keep to keep working and keep hustling for real for real. That's so, what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. You mind if I ask you something? Go ahead, my yeah, brother. Okay. Yeah, All right. Okay. Yeah. So um Tapping into the psychology of mm-hmm. the artist, because yeah. I, when I look at creating a song, I look at an instrumental, a blank instrumental with no words, kind of like the same way that you may look at a canvas with no, with nothing on it. Yeah. So when you look at a canvas, do you already have like a, an imaginary depiction before you even get to the canvas, or is it the size of the canvas, and what the do you have to wait until the client tells you the direction you want to go in, or do you kind of already have a vision of what you want to do going into it? Yeah, well, I, I kind of already have a vision of good what question, I want to do. That, that is a good question, yeah. I kind of already have a vision of what I want to do before I even put anything onto the canvas. 
Like sometimes I sketch it out on paper. Mm-hmm. But other than that, everything is like a repetition type thing with me when it comes to designs. The color, it just depends on like what type of mood I'm in that day. Mm-hmm. And then the color will change. But then like when it comes to like commission pieces and stuff like that, they would give me the direction and then I would create when okay. it comes to commission pieces. But when it's like pieces that's just like something that's to me for my collection, something that inspired me, that's just me just planning everything out like right there or sketching it out before I put it like on the canvas. I remember back in art class when we had to do those <clears throat> blank canvases, we had to draw that triangle leading all the way up to the front like that to pretty much scale what's going to be 3D, what's going to be in the forefront. Yeah. Do you still go by those philosophies when you paint and when you draw? Man, so this is the crazy part. Like everything they like told me in uh, art school, some of the stuff I still use. Like you know, they don't like you in art school. They tell you don't have anything with like negative spaces. So mm-hmm. that type of stuff I still follow. And then like when it comes to like doing faces and stuff, I still type. I still follow those directions. But when it comes to like other things, I just don't really follow all the art. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, ingredients and stuff. Some of the stuff I'm like, yo, I'm just gonna make this up as I go along. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, you know, the world we in, you know, the art world, once you leave out of school, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, like people are not it depends on what type of style you're doing, they'll critique it by. But if it's like on some type of you know, freestyle type, you know, your emotions and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's kinda hard for someone to critique this person's yeah. emotion. Yeah, emotion. Yeah. But yeah, if it's true. something like, you know, like a, uh, something like Michelangelo type pieces, something that's just like a classical type anatomy drawing, mm-hmm. then people might critique the piece. But when it's like on some abstract, this person just made this up, they saw, mm-hmm. this don't exist, it's kind of hard to, I see. Even, you know, go that's, by that. Yeah. yeah, that's dope, man. That's yeah. dope. So what else is on the bucket list for you, man? Like, man. What, what are you trying to get, what, you know, what's next? Right, right now, yeah, you know, uh, my, my company right now, we trying to, uh, you know, get like an intern. I'm trying to get into some more galleries, uh, trying to add up some more, you know, licensing companies and stuff like that because I already have a couple already. We're trying to add more to the roster. Okay. And just, you know, I'm trying to, you know, also trying to put together like a show down here in Atlanta, like a like a major show, like something that's just, you know, like yeah. an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. About that. yeah. Okay. something like an experience and, you know, just, you know, just connecting and waiting for a couple of things to happen. uh in other places and just trying to, you know, keep on branching out, trying trying to get overseas too, you know, to okay. the United Kingdom and stuff like that, trying to do some things over there. So Nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Paint me a picture of how you picture that event going. I know a lot of people that could probably make that happen for you. So how do yeah. you how do you depict it going? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's, it's like, it's, I mean, you know, I've been talking to you about it. This yeah. is somebody else that reached out to me. Yeah. They want to work with me. Mm-hmm. But, it's it's something I was even talking to one of my friends, uh, he go by Chuck Styles, he's like an amazing artist. But I was just talking about I just wanna make it like an experience. So once you know when you go to the museum and when you come out of the museum you just feel inspired to do art. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be like something that when people come there, they wanna like sketch things. You know, like when people take their kids on, you know, trips and stuff like that and they like drawing like, you know, like the old masters artwork. I wanted something to be like that. And then I want you to be like immersed, you know, in the work. Like mm. I want it to be all like around everybody. Experience. Yeah. So I'm trying to have it like all around everybody. Like something that's just like, oh, what, what's this? You know, mm. something that people can take pictures of. Something that just make them feel like. Cause I had this idea for the show, and it's like on some Jack and the Beanstalk type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just gonna just try to make everything Dope. just like larger than life. You Dope. know, cause like I was getting this because. Uh, when I first moved to Philadelphia when I was a kid because I lived in Jersey, 
for a while. And I was a kid, and I was like, I think I was, I think I was like six years old. And like me walking in Center City and all that stuff, everybody felt like they was gigantic. So I want something like that to make adults feel small <laughs> I see. Uh, in a room. And these images would be extremely gigantic. Okay. You know, so you will feel small, you know, in this in this space. You know, you will feel like a kid for a minute. So it that's almost, how. It almost sounds like you, you're painting the picture of the aquarium in an art version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that's that. That's kind of yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Like, some, you know, it's like all around you, you know, like, you know, an aquarium is just... Things, other things in life are larger in their life than the person. Like sometimes, this you know, as a, yeah, yeah. Other, this you know, true. sometimes as adults, you know, you're doing your thing, but there's other people doing their thing, and you know, the world is is a is a, is it's a big much bigger world than, the than you. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just want to do some stuff that's just like larger than us. Like there's a lot of other things happening. So you know, just to reflect and you know, not that's, to feel. I think, I think that's a good name for it. Yeah, I like larger that. than us. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that I like name. That. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Um, and so now, for some people, you know, for for those that's listening that want to get into the art space, and you know, have commercial art out there, and mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned like the licensing uh, perspective. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about like how can one get into that? What should they do if someone like I look at your stuff? You got wallpapers. Yes. And Home Depot. Yeah, and so if someone wants to go about licensing their work to, you went to Home Depot, Target, Target, uh, yeah, uh, psh, Walmart. How, how, how does someone Amazon. get into that space of the art? Man, so what's crazy is you know I like me, I believe in like just I send mad emails to licensing companies, and some licensing companies reach out to me just because they see my work on social media. Hmm. But you know, whatever, whatever one, because you know a lot of them. We'll turn you down. <laughs> yeah. All you need is that one. Yeah. And they're able to connect you to all these other companies. Gotcha. They're the ones that have, like, the connections and relationships. Gotcha. For all these companies. And I will also say, like, if you do something like that, make sure you do have, like, a, a signature style so someone won't get lost out there like that. Because gotcha. that way, if somebody got your stuff, you'd be like, oh, I know who that work is. Even though they sell it at this other store. That's still your work, well, you yep, know? Yep. And then people, you know, in the beginning, it was like, oh, man, why you not selling this stuff on your website? I'm like, you know, sometimes you can't just sell everything on your website. Like me, I want, I like to branch out to other things. Like some people, it's weird. Like all the other, like, great artists and the artists from, like, you know, back in the day, they waited till you know, they passed away. They ain't know about all this stuff. And now they sell their stuff on book bags. I go to gift yeah, shops and yeah. art museums. And, and they make it they all got, money. And the name, and, yeah, <laughs> it's going to the estate. Yeah. And you know, you know, we we I used to be like this too, like, oh man, you know, I don't want to sell out and all that type of stuff. But it's just like at the end of the day, it's, to me, it's not selling out. It's just like, yo, I gotta make income. Partnership. I, yeah, I, I, you know, you you don't want to be a starving artist. That's what the starving artist thing coming yeah. from because you're not thinking like a business person. You're thinking like an artist, and there's nothing wrong with thinking like an artist. But that's why some people need. Uh, it's, you know, managers. It's good yeah. to have managers and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But you also got to have that type of mind too. Like, you know what? I need to hustle this. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's, and yeah, man. So there, like this you know, reaching out to licensing companies. I like and that. Make sure like the signature off. I like that. And so, and so, like you said, a lot of people get it confused. It's like when you're an artist, if you're a music artist, you're mm-hmm. focused on the music art 
versus yeah. the music business. Business, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's if two you're different. a visual artist, you're focused on creating visual art versus the art yeah. business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's good that you put that out there. Like you have to have both. Yeah. And if you aren't strong in that space, then find someone who you trust that you're willing to work with yeah. that can help you in that space. Yes. Because you can't do everything can't on do your everything. own. Nah. Nah, hey, take you a know, village. Yeah. You know what they talk about with stock market? They say you got to diversify your portfolio. Mm-hmm. You got to do the same thing with art, the same thing with music. You know, it's like, it's not, you can't just stick to like one genre. You know what I'm saying? You know, even with art, it's like you can't just stick with one thing. It's like, yo, I want to, you know, you can put your designs on other things and stuff. It's not just canvases. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that, you know, but yeah. there's other ways of. Are there royalties in art? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get royalty. Yeah, you know, it's a blessing. To get royalties every couple months. You know, when they break it down, sell stuff. Yeah, it's just like what the the company makes a, a, a when they make sales and they sell your work online. You know, you get a percentage of whatever they sell. It's like okay. a quarterly type thing, and you know they send you the information and sheets of you know how much they selling. But you personally don't have to do anything. But me, I mean, well, you got to stay present on the scene because. That means that the company will want to keep your stuff in mm-hmm. rotation because that means that people keep buying it. Mm. So, gotcha. yeah, but you can get you can get voice. Yeah, definitely. Gotcha. I, I get, gotcha. yeah. And that's pretty much how you got your deal set up through your licensing, Man. where they pay you out quarterly based on what that what they selling. Uh, company is selling. Yeah, and now then, that makes sense. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. can say you could you can sign a, a, a like I signed I signed a contract for like a year. If they want to keep, if you want to leave, you can leave. If mm-hmm. you don't think it's doing good for you. Gotcha. Uh, you could do two years, you know. And gotcha. So no exclusive contracts with with anyone. In. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, the thing is, it's like I have like a, a, a printing company licenses, like for canvases. So if one company is selling mm. one one set of designs, I gotta make a whole new set of designs for another company. So mm-hmm. they gotta be selling two different designs. Cause I just had, you know, a little 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 hiccup with someone. That I, I I figured that somebody else that I was working with was selling a, a design that I couldn't give another company and stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm glad I, I keep my eye on stuff like that because you don't want two people selling the same design, yeah. but yeah. with two different companies on two different types of canvases. So that just that just don't be yeah. Look gotcha. too good like that. Let gotcha, me ask you about gotcha, this painting gotcha. that's right behind his head. Okay. When you look at a painting like this. Yeah, yeah. Do you look at it and do you? try to see what it is that the person was going for or do you look at it and look at the direction that you would have went in with in with the painting and this is the Jimi hendrix uh piece that's in the studio right yeah now. yeah i mean to me I, I me is crazy i look at the style of the piece you know i like the, the splash and stuff like that like i just i just i just recognize the piece for what it is you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like i like how the, the splash is on there and how you see like it looked like thunder and all types of stuff. So, you know, it's just like the creativity I'm looking at. Hmm. Like, it's weird. Like, I don't really even, for some strange reason, sometimes I go off based off of feelings. But I, I, I usually go off of more feelings when it comes to, like, music. Mm-hmm. When some, I was like, oh, man, how do you feel when you're doing music? But when it comes to art, for some strange reason, me, I always be looking at the aesthetic of it. You're more technique-based yeah, when yeah, it's that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm more like the, the design. Oh, me too. That, that me too. fresh. Yeah, when, oh, that's not, crazy. Yeah, like, right. it's not, I don't be like really like be thinking about like the, like the mental. The mental mm-hmm. space uh, or the, uh, the yeah, emotional yeah, yeah, yeah. space. Because sometimes it's, 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 it's crazy. Like some stuff I do, like when uh, George Floyd got murdered, you know, that whole time I was just making pieces about how people getting murdered, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was put me into like a dark space where I couldn't even make 
any type of other work that was on mm-hmm. had something to do with us, you know, getting murdered. So that's why I started making more work. I was like, let me just think about the aesthetic and the design and how this will look in somebody's house. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. gotcha. Sometimes when I feel, you know, you think too deep about, you know, the person's feelings. I know for me, it's just, you just go down to it <laughs> in the depths. <laughs> when you're doing your sketches, do you sketch with a pen or with a, a pencil? And then if you do sketch with a pencil, do you see us? Do you are you a, a artist that erases, but you would quote unquote consider a mistake, or do you feel like that whatever you put on that paper is what was meant to be on that paper? Yeah. So the the last one, whatever I feel like was meant to be on that paper is what should be on the paper because I always sketch in pen. Like I don't ever sketch mm-hmm. in like pencil because you know I was like, all right. That's it. Yeah, what it is is what it is. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I, I can say that myself yeah. but from an artist's perspective. It's like once it hit, it that's is a wrap. It is. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it is what it is. I, now I can blend into it. Yeah, but yeah, you know how to draw too? Yeah, nah, oh. not too much. I'm more okay. of a abstract. I do, I do more abstract work. Okay. I like to just go any which way with it. Um, or I may do the vinyl like this piece. Yeah, I was here. like, oh, I thought this joint was. Uh, yeah, that's vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, vinyl. Yeah, yeah. You that's did dope. this piece? Yeah. Oh, okay. I knew it was okay. yours. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was yeah. yours. How man. you know it was his? Because he got like a style. It's like some type of. Problem. Yeah, he already got a style already. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. You, so you can look at a piece of art and then you can look at I another piece of art and be like, oh, this paint, the same person did this. Yeah, yeah. Cause I seen your, you know, your style already. I'd be okay. able to tell. I'm like, yeah, that's, that has to be a paint. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I guess yeah. that is something because, you know, I can listen to a producer and then uh-huh. listen to another producer and be like, yeah, he, he it's the same, same person producer. made this, this yeah. beat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, okay, yep, so yep. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Yep. That makes sense. It's your boy, Jimmy Doe. We're going to cut away, pay some bills real quick. Then we're going to come back. Um, and I got a section that we do mm-hmm. called Pick Your Vision. I'm going to do this okay. for both of y'all. So this is like a spin on this or that. I'm going to give you some multiple choice. You tell me what you like. Have a little fun with it. Okay. And then we wrap it up. You tell the people, you know, your handles, where they can find you and things of that nature. Okay. So let's cut away. Cut to a little song real quick. And we'll be right back, y'all. It's a Jimmy Doe. Okay. It's your boy, Jimmy Doe, on the Dream Big Show. And the one and only B96, the block. I, I close on my new... Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. Walked in when I was a new youngin. Charlie, you were tryna run on me. I've been, I've been going on my own. I've been, I've been doing things unknown. It's a day one, you running right back. Say the drama, you running off track. It's a one life, you tell me one life. One time, you tell me one time. Open your eyes, open your eyes, baby. Can you be wise? Cause I'm a pride, baby. I'm on the way, I'm on the run, baby. Leave me alone, leave me alone. Take it back now. I put you on it. Say you want chance to hold it on me. I've been out, hold it back. Turn you right around, take it my way. So tell me what you need from me now. I know what you need to be now. Cause I'm done with it now. No more damages now. Say, tell me what you need from me now. I know I can need to be now. Cause I'm done with it now. No more damages, no, no. No more damages. Back then when I was a baby girl, I was yours and you were my world. Tell me what you wanna do for me now. Take it down and I will hold you to run my race. Cause you run it right there. Run my race. Cause you take it right there. I've been down, I've been running right there. 
I've been out, could you take it back there? Pull up tonight, I might be risky. But me stomach, forget the whiskey. But you still wanna get back with me. You tryna be the one and deal with. Don't got my phone, you're not in my mind. You miss the way and not the one chance. I live my life, don't need you with me. Yeah, yeah. So tell me what you need from me now. I know what you need to be now. Cause I'm done with it now. No more damages now. So tell me what you need from me now. Y'all know where I need to be now. Cause I'm done with it now. No more damages, no, no. your boy Jimmy Doe, the Dream Big Show on the one and only B96, the block. So we back, we back with it, y'all. For those that just tuning in, I got the visual artist um, of Casso in the building and the multi-talented, multi-faceted vigilante in the building as well. Uh, we just covered the interview with them too, talking about, you know, what it is to double down on yourself, how to take your dream serious, how to set goals, how to hold yourself accountable when you're setting those goals. Um, and go after the life that you, you know, that you desire. And so what I wanted to get into, what we do here, right, mm-hmm. is I got this part in the show called Pick Your Vision. Okay. And I'm going to give you some multiple choice. We're going to have some fun with it. Nice. And y'all let me know what y'all choose. So this is for both of y'all. Uh, Vigilante, you go first. Um, pick your vision. What would you rather, know how the world will end or know how the world started? Know how the world will end. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why? I feel like that knowing how it started would be irrelevant, and then knowing how it ends would give me. I want, we had to start doing why probably after. Nah, go I ahead, man. I don't know my answer to influence his answer. <laughs> nah, go ahead, man. <laughs> nah, nah. The um, the it's just I feel like that it'd be irrelevant. No, because we 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 kind of know not like no, but we there's a scientific Big Bang theory, and then there's the Jesus started building seven days theory. So it's like we kind of. And that hasn't really done much for us to know that. And then when we had the 2012 movie coming out where we kind of figured out like how it was going to end, that was more impactful than us knowing the origin. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. What about you, Arm? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather know how the world like begins. You mm. know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just what give me a new sense of like why we act the way we act, you know, how I should move throughout life even more. Mm. And then, you know, I would like to know that for myself and not through you know, words or, or language. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? Because it, it, it depends on that, too, because, you know, books have been changed so many times. <laughs> so I would like to know that for myself. I was like, oh, I didn't see that already. So a lot gotcha. of things have been changed. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. That'd be a dope painting. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be hard. <laughs> okay, fellas, uh, pick your vision. What would you rather, the world without the Internet or the world without the telephone? Mm. Okay, arm. You can start on this. Yeah, one. you got that one first. Now check this out. I I, I do the world without. For me, <laughs> it's the world without the telephone. Okay. Because I used to be in the telemarketing. I used to come home. I used to hate getting on the phone. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I don't want to talk to nobody. 
So I wouldn't even care about the phone. But the internet, I wouldn't even be popping. I wouldn't be doing my thing as a business if it wasn't for the internet. I would gotcha. not be working for myself if it wasn't that. So I can't do the internet. Gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. What about you, Vigilante? I feel like that we, we already lived in a time without the internet. And I think that for people who lived in that time, that that was uh, they talk high, they speak highly of it. So I would like to it, it'd be a travel, a time traveling experience for me, um, since I, I I was in the era that came from the flip phone and the note the uh, Nokia all the way up to the iPhone fourteen. Gotcha. That was my whole life. Gotcha. At the point where you couldn't be on the internet and the house phone at the same time. Yeah. So <laughs> gotcha. you know, I would like to see what that's like with no internet. Okay. Okay. Mm, okay. 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 All right, uh, we're going to do two more real quick. Pick your vision. What would you rather, manipulate the past or manipulate the future? Let's start with you. Same answer. <laughs> Same answer. <laughs> you want to know that future. Yeah, I'm going to manipulate that future for sure. I got Man. you. Man. Yo, it's crazy. I'd rather manipulate the past because it could change our future. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, if we did things differently, if he wasn't, you know, burning up uh, scientists and killing them all crazy back in those times, our medicine and all our stuff would probably be way better. Mm-hmm. So by the time the end do get here, we could be able to prevent it from happening even crazier things. So definitely gotcha. manipulate the past, man. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Last bonus question of the evening. You know, we in the campaign year. Okay. And at yeah. the end of this campaign, <laughs> we got to choose the president, right? And so yeah. let's say what we are left with is Donald Trump on one side and yay on the other. Pick your vision. Who would you rather be your president? Go ahead, Arm. You go first. Man. Man, oh, man. So I might have to throw my vote up, up for grabs. <laughs> 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 I'm not voting for another one. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Hey, well. I mean. No pick. <laughs> no pick. No that, pick. No pick that year. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Vigilante? Who you picking? I forgot to tell you that, um. This year, I was actually involved in Kemp and Stacy's run okay. for okay. their their thing. So yeah. I got involved in politics this year. So I've already seen what the world looked like with Trump. So I would like to see what the world looked like with Kanye as the head, and <laughs> and, and just see and see what happens. Just see what happens. It yeah. can't be much worse than what we've already saw. So <laughs> I like to see it could be it could be the best thing ever because we haven't seen a best thing ever in any president. So yeah. okay. I'm, I'm eager to see it can't get no worse. Okay, this is an okay. uphill only. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, fellas, I definitely appreciate y'all coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. We definitely got to do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, definitely love your stories, man, and just kind of get more of an understanding of mm-hmm. who you are, what you developed into, and in that process. Um, definitely, arms, man, you got to come back. You know, yeah, Vigilante, Vigilante was here since six. So oh, he, he, okay, he okay. got it in. We yeah. was able to really, you know, he, he definitely schooled them, let, laid a lot of okay. information. We talked about, you know, the advances on, mm-hmm. you know, for music artists and things like that, and yeah. some of the things he wanted to get into. And so that that was big, man. And so I definitely got to have you come back, spend some more time. Yeah, definitely. And just tell people, like, you know, what the process is of mm-hmm. what it is to be an artist and how you yeah. developed mm-hmm. into, like, what was that? You did a joint with Ludacris, the Buy Black. Yeah, 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 yeah. For uh, Google, yeah. For Google, Google. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's yeah. like for artists that yeah. want to take their art and go commercial, mm-hmm. you know. So I got to definitely bring you back for that. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, though, Vigilante, you can set it off and then Arms, you go next. Let them know where they can find you, what's your social media handle and things like that. Yeah, Vigilante, L-O-M, V-I-G-I-L-A-N-T-E-L-O-M on everything. 
Okay, okay, go ahead. All right, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter as Arm of Caso. That's what it is. And y'all know me. It's your boy. It's your partner. It's your therapist if you need it. <laughs> uh, but I'm just here to be a vessel to spread the message. Jimmy Doe, most of y'all know me as No ID. And if you know me before 2020, it's just still Boogie Wonderland. We in the building, y'all. Let's go show them what some real love is like. True love shouldn't be this complicated. Thought I'd die in your arms. I thought I'd die in your true love. Shouldn't be this complicated. No hard feelings, but these feelings harder. No, no hard feelings, but these feelings harder. No, no hard feelings, but these feelings harder. Wait, when you see the kids, I see y'all tomorrow. Wait, when the sun set, I see y'all tomorrow. Wait, when I pick them up, I feel like they borrow. When I gotta return them, scan them like a barcode. Wait, no hard feelings, but these feelings hard though. Wait, who got the kids in those what autos? Wait, why they can't wear Yeezys with the cargos? Y'all know Nike don't like me, y'all take it too 